0: Hi everyone and welcome to Games Are Fun, the weekly video game podcast show that talks about video game news, stories, and highlights. I'm your host Luke and thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of Games Are Fun. Games Are Fun is a weekly podcast that airs every Tuesday. It's available on all the major podcast services, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc., Whatever podcast service you use, just search for Games Are Fun, and it should come up on there for you to listen to. Each week I talk about video games. Sometimes I'm sharing my thoughts on the gaming industry. Uh, I share my thoughts on major news announcements and other times I'm just sharing my personal experiences with video games. Sometimes I'm talking about games I played uh, in the past, games I'm currently playing, and some of the things I am looking forward to in the future of video games. So, if you enjoy video games, you come to the right place. This show is centered around ga- all games across all platforms. So if you this is your first time checking out the podcast, thank you so much. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. It goes a really long way. Uh, and also provide some sort of feedback. If you're listening on iTunes, make sure you leave a review for me. I, I, t- I read those reviews that you guys leave. It helps me improve the show. Feedback is greatly appreciated. If you also want, you can email me at gamesarefunpodcast at gmail.com. From there, I will take uh, comments, questions, thoughts on anything I talk about on the show, etc. If you have any thoughts around Games Are Fun, please send me emails. I really appreciate uh, receiving those from time to time. Now, on today's show, we're going to be talking about the future of gaming. We're going to be talking about Google Stadia. There was an announcement of Google Stadia at Google's press conference at GDC, so we're going to be talking about everything that was announced. It is the future of video games, or it seems to be the direction where games are heading. So we're going to be talking about that press conference, and I'm going to be sharing my thoughts around uh, Google Stadia and what I think of it at this moment in time. And then lastly, we're going to end the show with Apex Legends Season One Battle Pass is dropping today. The episode, uh, when this episode goes live the battle pass is already available. So I'm going to be talking about what's included. So if you're still skeptical, if you're going to get the battle pass or not, maybe you'll learn something or hear what's included in it and maybe you'll get on board with it. So that's what the show looks like this week. Now, before I get into all of that stuff, I did want to apologize for not having an episode last week. I know I'm the worst, you know, I got too busy and I just didn't, Feel like recording an episode. It was, uh, there was times where I probably could have stretched some time, but then I, would, I couldn't make the, the episode the way I wanted to and it wouldn't, it wouldn't meet my standards and it would feel rushed and forced. So uh, I decided to delay it and just skip the last week and then come in fresh for this week. I actually even delayed recording even more so because usually I like to record on like a Saturday, Sunday, or Monday before the Tuesday. And this week I decided, you know what, I need to, I was going to record last night, Monday, uh, the 18th, and then I decided not to because, excuse me, because Google was having their big press conference at GDC and I was just going to be talking about predictions on what we were going to possibly see. But then I decided, you know, that wouldn't make a great episode. It would make more sense to talk about what we saw seeing as the episode goes live after the press conference would have happened. So, I decided to delay it and that's that's what we're going to be talking about today. So, again, apologize for that, but we're going to we're back on schedule. Everything's going the way it normally works and yeah, so thanks for your patience on that. So, let's get into the show. Let's talk about Google. So, last year there were rumors speculating that Google was entering the gaming industry and there was a lot of speculation on how they were going to do that, whether it was going to be through streaming, releasing their own type of console. And then in the fall of last year, fall 2018, I believe it was October, Google launched Project Stream. So basically the gist of that was it was a streaming service that would allow you to stream Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which released last fall as well on any kind of Google products. You could use a Google Chromecast or bring it up in a Google Chrome browser and be able to seamlessly play Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Now, why this is incredible is because obviously a Google Chromebook does not have the processing power to run a game like Assassin's Creed Odyssey. For you to have a computer to run those types of games, you're looking at Thousands of dollars, generally, to have enough power to make those games look and play great. And so, why this was incredible is you basically were having a you know supercomputer in a server room somewhere send you through streaming the the to your device so you could play the games. There was uh, it, it was received really well. There was not a lot of latency issues. It was seamless. You were not getting lag, that kind of stuff. And so it really, people started thinking, you know, this is the the future of gaming to be able to stream games to your device and to any device really, right? To your phones, to your tablets, to your laptops, excuse me. And so that's kind of what we're looking at in the future. And even Microsoft came out with announcing their xCloud and that was going to be their streaming service that they're going to be, Uh, releasing more details on in the future about how they are hoping to get in that same space of streaming video games via the internet to your devices. And so with that being said, there's a lot of kind of worries about that. And some of those things were answered in today's conference by Google. So let's kind of talk about what Google said and what they announced during the press conference. So Uh, Steven Totillo over at Kotaku.com has the article, Google unveils gaming platform Stadia, a competitor to Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. Steven did a great job at highlighting everything that was said during the article. And he also kind of brings up some concerns that, you know, most people have about, you know, this new Google Stadia, and we still have a lot of questions about it. So I'm going to be reading Steven's article, and then I'm going to be kind of interjecting here and there and giving my own opinions on certain things that were announced. So tech giant Google is getting into gaming in a big way with a direct challenge to the giants of console and PC gaming. It's called Stadia. Former Sony and Xbox... Xbox executive and current Google gaming boss, Phil Harrison, detailed the platform today at an event in San Francisco during the Game Developers Conference, saying it would link all the ways people play games. The core of it is that uh, it'll be a gaming platform that runs via streaming, no console or PC needed, and no games downloaded or running on a disc at the user's end. Harrison and a host of other presenters boasted of high-end gaming running in 4K and 60 frames per second streamed across Google's network to any screen you can think of. This new generation of gaming is not a box, Harrison said. It will launch later this year, first in the US, Canada, the UK, and Europe. Crucially, Harrison and the other assembled presenters did not say how fast users' internet speeds would need to be to get the sky-high performance hype throughout the event, let alone to enjoy multiplayer games that run entirely via streaming. Previous game streaming services, such as OnLive, have offered similar hardware-free or hardware-light propositions, but didn't hit it in a big didn't hit it big in part due to users discomfort distrust or dissatisfaction with connection legs Google argues that its custom hardware network can offer high enough quality gaming to satisfy and even convert people using used sorry even convert people used to buying games on disk or downloading them the company prototyped the stadia tech last fall by allowing users of a program called Project Steam to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey in a Google Chrome browser. We had tested it ourselves and were impressed. That service had required users to have download speeds at at least 15 megabytes per second and a latency of 40 milliseconds or less. So that's what I was talking about just prior. Harrison walked through an example of how Stadia might work. Someone could be watching a trailer for a game, Click the option to play now and be playing within five seconds. No download, no patch, and no install, Harrison said. Stadia offers instant access to play, he said. It reduces the friction between being excited about a game and playing it. Stadia will work on TVs, tablets, laptops, and phones. It will work with existing controllers when playing on a laptop and PC. Stadia will also have its own controller. The Stadia controller, which is optional, connects to Google streaming data centers directly over Wi-Fi for limiting latency. It has a capture button that shares to YouTube and a Google Assistant button that'll activate the controller's microphone to provide help in game. So let's just take a a quick pause here and talk about a couple things here that uh, Steven has talked about in the article here. So, so the, the biggest thing is that, that first mention of no download, no patch, and no install. So one of the things that were highlighted is you could be watching a gaming video on YouTube, it could be like a gaming trailer, maybe you're watching a streamer, and basically if they have the function enabled, you could be able to play that game. So uh, that, that option would come up, you can hit play game, and within five seconds, you're in the world playing the game. That's crazy. There's no load screens because everything's being streamed directly to your device. They can kind of bypass all those things where uh, at a local, you know, using local hardware or your uh, processing power, it's going to take some time to do that because it's just being streamed directly to your device. It can kind of bypass that, making it instant, just like how we watch movies using Netflix or Amazon Prime or something like that. So... Uh, that's really exciting and the controller was another thing I like that the fact that they are saying hey you know we know you guys have a bunch of controllers from your other devices like your Xbox or your PS4 those are going to be compatible with Google Stadia and you're going to be able to you know wirelessly connect those to your PC or your laptop and use those controllers Also though, if you don't have those devices, we have the Stadia controller and that's gonna work on all the things. But the bigger thing is that um, the Stadia controller connects to Google streaming data centers directly over Wi-Fi, which is also gonna help limit that latency. I think that's a really important moment as well. So uh, the controller itself looks cool. There was kind of mock-ups of a controller. Uh, There was blueprints or something leaked and so over on Reddit I believe a couple weeks ago they actually had done a concept art of what that based on the blueprints what that controller would look like and it was kind of similar in a sense but this controller looks much better than what uh, that concept art showed. It actually looks quite nice there's three colors there's white black and kind of like a light blue um, kind of color. And like I said, it has that Google Assistant button that you can press and ask it certain things. And then you have your share button. Being able to share gaming moments, gaming clips directly to you know YouTube or something like that is, is pretty incredible. So let's continue on with the article. Harrison said that Google has already shipped Stadia development kits to more than 100 studios and announced that the creation of Google's own first party development studio, Stadia Games and Entertainment. It will make exclusive content for Stadia and will be run by Jade Raymond, the longtime game producer whose credits include the creation of the Assassin's Creed franchise at Ubisoft. Raymond said her team will also work with external studios to bring Stadia's features to their games. I'm actually not a big gamer, Google CEO Sundar said at the start of the keynote. But he said he leads a company full of people interested in solving hard technology problems. To that end, the presentation of Google's platform today was angled as a way to offer an approach to gaming that is based on streaming games over a low-latency network. Um, So he showed off the company's custom server hardware and connections. The idea, he said, is building a game platform for everyone, removing hardware barriers. Google is saying that that is, thousands of edge nodes and racks of powerful hardware can offer significant technolo- technological muscle to provide games running at high specs. For launch, they're promising 4K gaming at 60 frames per second. Stadia is being built with the help of PC giant AMD, which is offering a custom GPU for the platform's server-side processing. Remember, nothing is really happening on the device Stadia gamers use to play games. Crucially, the Stadia team didn't immediately clarify how fast a user's internet needs to be to get the best performance, a make-or-break element of Google's plans. We've asked for more details about this. So that, again, let's take another break here. A lot of that talk is technology talk that I don't necessarily have a lot of knowledge in, but basically they're promising that at launch it's going to be able to run 4K uh, 60 frames per second, which, you know, you look at just where we're at with gaming right now, Xbox, PS4, that's something that isn't, you know, capable for certain games. There's some games, if you have the Xbox One X or the PS4 Pro that could, but you, they're, they're pushing it, right? You need a really high-end PC to be able to, to perform that power. Basically, they're saying that level of that powerful gaming PC, that level could be streamed to your device, like on your phone or on your tablet or uh, your Chromebook or something like that. And that's kind of unbelievable to to some degree, right? To think that that is doable. there's There's definitely doubts about that because of where we're at uh, currently with internet connection speeds and, you know, data li- limitations on how much data we have per per month and stuff. And you also look at different parts of you know, North America or other parts of the world where, Internet is something that is quite is it you know if you go to a hub like San Francisco or San Jose like you know the the Silicon Valley there obviously that's something that is you have you'll 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 be able to have access to but if you go to uh, somewhere rural somewhere um, in the Midwest like it's probably more difficult to to get those high end internet speeds or those data packages that would allow this. And so that's where a lot of questions are coming from right now. Is this actually doable? How fast of the internet do you really need for this to work? But the thing that, with that being said, is, you know, you look at all the major platforms that we use nowadays, like Netflix, uh, like YouTube, those are all things that, sure, when they first started out, they, they didn't have that uh, they were they were pushing the industry to to go that way and i think that's what google's really trying to do with this is, is push that that way so that you know there that becomes the the new standard and the new norm all right it's going to be it's going to it's going to be difficult at the beginning but i think once they can establish that and set it up there'll just be a, a big foundation for for the future and and what is the the standard today. So um crucially the stayed stadia uh nope, sorry. As for games, the first game announced for Stadia turned out to be the upcoming Doom Eternal, which id software producer producer Marty stratton said took a few weeks to get working on strat Stadia. Sorry. I keep wanting to call it different things. Um Yeah, anyways, Stratton said the game would run at 4K and 60 frames per second. Harrison noted that Stadia would support cross-platform play. Some proofs of concept shown for Stadia include things like allowing couch co-op through streaming that doesn't tax the performance of a game, the ability for multiple people to view the same game world from a range of perspectives, again, without a hit on performance. Q Games founder Dylan Cuthbert of Pixel Junk Gaming fame introduced a Stadia concept called State Share, which enables the game to code a particular moment where the player is, what they have, a specific moment in the game that can be shared via a link. Cuthbert said his team is making a game that is based all around this concept but couldn't unveil it yet. Another Stadia feature demo today is something called Crowd Play. They demoed it by letting people watch a stream of a game and then queue queue up to be next to take over the game and play it. This, YouTube Gaming's Ryan Wyatt said, would allow YouTubers to create a group gaming experience. Harrison said Google will reveal more about the platform's launch lineup this summer. For what it's worth, sets of icons were shown on Google's event stream even before the game began hinted at, sorry, for what it's worth, sets of icons shown on Google's event stream even before the game began hinted at some of the games that could be on the service. So they were showing kind of like symbols before the presentation started. There were some that were uh, like Metal Gear symbols, uh, Red Dead Redemption, a bunch of different ones, kind of maybe hinting that these are kind of games that could come to this platform. And then that's basically it for the article. So. Let's kind of talk about a couple more points that I wanted to touch on with this. So, first of all, I did want to mention the name. So, Stadia, uh, I saw some things over on Twitter and on Reddit about the name. Um, Even myself just recording this, I have had to make a conscious effort into making sure I'm saying the right thing uh, and not saying some other word. Uh, That's just how these things go, right? look at the names of previous game consoles or whatever. A lot of times people aren't on board with them right away, but eventually this is just going to be another word in our vocabulary and it's just, we're going to be used to it, right? Just like we are with Xbox One and PS4. Look at the Xbox One that came out this this past generation here. It's, it's Xbox One, but it's the third Xbox console. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It, it gets weird when it comes into naming things. So, if you have issues with that, I think that there's no point in concerning yourself over that. Secondly, the biggest thing with this that I, the biggest takeaway I have for this is what is Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo going to do, right? We have E3 coming up uh, this year and Microsoft has, you know, shown that they're wanting to move towards this future. But what about PlayStation. PlayStation's not even attending E3. We're not really quite sure what Sony has up its sleeve on for the next generation. So like if we go into the next generation, sorry, I I should mention that Google did announce that Stadia is coming here in 2019. I wasn't sure if the article said that or not, but it is coming in 2019. So let's say... Uh, Next year, we have a PS5. Maybe even in a crazy world, we have it this year. I I don't see that happening, but let's say hypothetically, uh, both are out. What what would Sony Sony do to compete with Google Stadia? Why would I choose to buy a piece of hardware that's probably going to cost me $500 and play that where Google Stadia, again, they didn't announce what... Uh, kind of pricing would be around this service but let's say it's it's going to probably have some sort of subscription service why would i choose that over being limited to my ps5 whereas google stadia is is something that can be accessed almost anywhere with an internet connection right i can go seamlessly playing from my on my google chromecast on my tv all the way to bringing it over onto my google pixel phone or onto my chromebook right like there's cross-platform play, cross-progression, that kind of stuff. Why would I, you know, if, especially with Stadia having their own uh, first-party studios to develop video games, you know, they're gonna be able to to create some really ex- awesome exclusive games that you're only gonna be able to play on that. PS4 has, or sorry, PS5 will have that, but are those good enough to justify? Like, what is Sony gonna, Sony's really gonna have to come up with something um, to keep up with this, and uh, I think Microsoft has stated that they're on that path. I'm not really sure what where Nintendo. Nintendo kind of does its own thing, and people still follow. But it, Google's really pressing its competitors uh, to to keep up, right? If if they come in on top and this works, and there's you know all our questions that we have right now are answered with a simple answer, you know that that's gonna affect. The, the next it, it, like generation of video games. So this is an incredible moment. As you can tell, uh, it's been a long time since we've had a major player right, try to compete with you know Microsoft, Xbox, um, or you know Sony with their PlayStation or Nintendo. You know, like the last major console or, or company coming in was Microsoft bringing into the Xbox to compete with Sony and Nintendo. Right? We haven't really had any big competitors come in. We've had people kind of attempt, but this is the first time that I think someone's coming in to be able to compete at that same level. And you know Google is one of those you know billion dollar companies that would be able to do that. So it's really exciting. Um, I really hope that it is some sort of subscription service service because that, that's the thing. All these things look cool, but there's so many questions like I've said. there is that option that yeah, you're watching a trailer on YouTube and you can uh, hit play now is that like you have to pay for that game um, to, to be able to play it? Maybe it's at a reduced cost. Do you have some sort of, do you pay like X amount of dollars a month? Do you pay on a yearly basis to have access to Google Stata? Because you're not actually buying any physical piece of hardware, right? So you, there has to be some sort of uh, payment for, for this. I don't think it's free. Um, that would be. I don't think that's that's possible. If it was, that would be insane. I couldn't even wrap my head around that, but um, yeah, like how are they going to do that, right? But it, it definitely looks cool. It's, it's changing up how we play video games. One of the cool things that they showed in the press conference was this thing where you, you click there, your Google Assistant button on your Google Stadia controller, and you could ask how do I beat this certain dungeon or whatever, and it would bring up a YouTube video of that section, here's how to beat this part. Again, how these things actually will work once they're released is, is to be seen, but if everything is how they say ends up being true, and all, like I said, all our questions are answered, that's going to be incredible. So I'm really excited. I'd love to know what your guys' thoughts are around this. This is a obviously a very big topic that I'm going to continue to talk about uh, for months and months, obviously, when, as we get more information on Google Stadia and stuff like that I'm going to be talking about. So I'd really like to know where you guys stand on just the the press conference and what Google announced today. So like I said, at the top of the show, you can email me at gamesarefunpodcast at gmail.com or just comment uh, on this podcast if it's on SoundCloud or any on a service where you can provide comments. I'll read them and and bring bring you into the discussion on the show. So really interested Really exciting times. I I thought it was a great press conference. I'm really excited to see what else happens. That's the great thing is this was at GDC. It's Game Developers Conference. It's focused for the developers and how they can create new products for these new pieces of technology. And so I'm sure we're gonna even hear more things as the week progresses. It will be really interesting to see what Google um, how it impacts the industry going forward. So. Now let's talk about Apex Legends and Season 1 Battle Pass. So there was, uh, they had said that the Battle Pass was going to be dropping here in March. Uh, and then we eventually got a date saying, hey, it's it's going right now. And uh, here's basically what's included with it. So Steve Watts over at GameSpot.com. Uh, Apex Legends update brings Octane and Battle Pass release for Season 1. So Apex Legends developer Respawn promised that the game's first Battle Pass would launch in March, and now we know exactly when. The developer has announced its Season 1 Battle Pass will hit today, March 19th at 10am Pacific Time, so by the time you're listening to this, it is live now. Um, alongside new character Octane and loads of new cosmetics and rewards to unlock. So the Battle Pass will cost you 950 Apex Coins, which is very similar to V-Bucks if you're comparing it to Fortnite. And that's roughly about $10, um, I'm assuming US dollars, for that Battle Pass. A Battle Pass bundle is also available for 2,800 Apex Coins, which also instantly unlocks the next 25 levels for the season. Um, The new Apex Legends patch is here and it introduces the Battle Pass and Octane to the game along with hitbox changes and a variety of other tweaks. In addition to all the rewards you can obtain with the Battle Pass, there are also a bunch of Octane skins to check out now that the first new Legend has been added to the game. In addition to a variety of rewards you unlock immediately by buying the Battle Pass, you'll be able to level it up to earn other skins, cosmetics, and even apex coins. A select number of rewards are available to all players, but the vast majority require you to buy the battle pass. If you do pick it up, which you can effectively do for cheaper with EA slash origin access, you can earn up to a thousand apex coins, letting you earn back the cost of the entry and enough to buy the next battle pass. Each Battle Pass will include about 100 rewards, including seasonal items for all players and some exclusive kit for Battle Pass owners. Rewards will apply retroactively if you decide to buy your Battle Pass later. Purchasing the Battle Pass will also net you extra Apex Packs as part of your rewards, giving you more chances for random skins and other cosmetics beyond the exclusive ones offered directly. One thing that's absent from the Battle Pass that some expected were challenges akin to those in Fortnite. Unlocks will be earned simply by leveling up the Battle Pass through XP from playing matches, not by completing any special objectives. In a blog post, Respawn explained, Our first Battle Pass is all about letting you continue to learn and experiment with the core Apex Legends experience while earning awesome loot at the same time you'll notice the first version isn't built around a complex quest system where you need to do a 720 backflip off a watchtower and get two wingman headshots before hitting the ground. While we think there's really cool design space in quests and challenges for future battle passes, we wanted the initial version to allow our players to just play and learn the game. As suspected, the new character is Octane. The PlayStation blog outlined... His powers include an Adrenaline Junkie ability to trade health for speed and a limitless supply of stim health. He also has his launch pads as an ultimate ability, giving himself and teammates a serious vertical boost. Notably, Octane will be released alongside the Battle Pass, um, but will be a separate purchase. He will cost the same as Mirage and Caustic did at launch. 1,200 Legend Tokens or 7 50 Apex coins. Octane appeared in an accidental update on the Origin storefront, which Respawn later acknowledged was an unintentional update about Season 1. Later, jump pads began appearing in the game, all but confirming the rumors about the new character's power set. Season 1 is slated to last through June when it will be replaced by the next Season Battle Pass. Two more after that are planned for 2019 in September and December. So, really exciting stuff. This is what we've been waiting for since launch. Uh, I was kind of really getting eager for this because, you know, after putting X amount of hours into Apex Legends and really enjoying the game, I'm kind of like, okay, I would like some sort of progression system and that's what the Battle Pass can provide, right? Of course, all you're really unlocking is cosmetic items, skins for your weapons and your characters and stuff. But this just gives you a sense of progression, which I really enjoy uh, with these types of games, right? This is why Fortnite does so well. It gives that player a sense of progressing through something, something to to work for and motivate to keep playing the game, that's what they want, right? They want you into the game. So what's really cool here is that they did say that based on how many uh, Apex coins you can learn through leveling up the battle pass will actually be enough to provide you with enough coins to purchase the next battle pass after uh, this season is done. So that's really cool because then it's like giving you, of course, you would have to grind to make sure that you continue up on that, because if you don't, you're going to probably have to dish out another 10 bucks when season, excuse me, when season two comes out. But uh, this is just a, a great way to make sure that players, like I said, are are wanting to progress, keeping at it, and uh, I think that's cool. It gives people some an option to kind of work towards the game to to earn that in-game credit to be able to apply for the next season, right? So, you're, and like at the end of the day you know it, it to me this this is worth the purchase right the game's free think of think of it games are expensive nowadays you're getting a free game toss the developer a little bit of cash here for this battle pass uh you know i i think that's that's fair so i'm gonna be beginning the battle pass i'll be playing later today and i i'm really excited that we finally have it here and i can't wait to to try out that new legend octane of course a lot of people are probably going to be playing it in the matches i join. but if i if i get a pick first i'm definitely going to try uh that character out and let you know what i think about it so yeah that's really exciting uh i hope you guys uh get a chance to jump in there and try it out for yourself but yeah that's it that's what the show is this week uh the, the big thing there is the, the Google Stadia, but I did want to talk about this as well because this is a hot topic and a game I'm currently playing. So, Thank you guys so much for listening to the episode this week. I'm going to be hopefully streaming Apex Legends this week uh, because of the Battle Pass being launched. So go over to Twitch.tv/gamesarefunpodcast and follow me on there. Set your alerts on so that you know when I'm going live. I also post when I'm going live over on my Facebook page, Games Are Fun Podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at gamesarefunpod and make sure you follow me on Instagram at gamesarefunpodcast. We will talk to you guys next Tuesday. Who knows what what, what else will be announced uh, at GDC this week that I'll be able to talk about next week. So. Uh, Until then, enjoy your week, enjoy playing Apex Legends, and we'll talk to you guys next Tuesday. See you later.